the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Hello and thank you for joining us today. My name is Mark Longoria. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. I am the Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas, and you're listening to a program called The Church of the Week. It's my pleasure to bring you every week a pastor from, from in and around San Antonio, because our desire as you listen to the Word here on this station is that you would also be a part of the local community church. Um, we have just come to find out there are so many people that, uh, that love the Lord, have a relationship with Christ, but don't necessarily go to church somewhere. And as much as we love to give you the word through these radio airwaves, we want to make sure that you know uh, pastors in and around this area, and we want to uh, encourage you to be a part of the local community church. So here in studio today with us is Pastor Sammy Lopez. He's the pastor over at uh, Mighty Fortress Christian Fellowship. Pastor, welcome. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'd love to find out a little bit more about you, what your background is, kind of where you came from, your upbringing, you're a family man, and... And then we'll get into the the church. So tell us first of all, kind of the history. A- absolutely, you know, yeah. I, you, you know, I grew up in I, I grew up in church. My dad is a pastor. Yeah. Matter of fact, he is uh, a church planner. So I grew up around Texas, around Arizona, and um, man, grew up in the church. I was the first one there, last one to leave. Born mm-hmm. in the nursery, I mean, man, church was my life, man. So I remember at the age of five years old, I gave my life to Christ at a vacation at Bible school at five. Wow, gave my life to Christ at the age of five at vacation Bible school in Quero, Texas. For some wow. of y'all that know where Quirrell's at, you, just, you blink, you miss it. There's, there's Dairy Queen at the Flash. Uh, God is light. there, too. It's absolutely right, man. And yeah. uh, so I, I, I was there, gave my life to Christ. But you know what's funny is that growing up in a, in a, in a Christian home, um, you know, my parents were very good at, at keeping us away from certain things. And, but uh, age of five, gave my life to Christ, uh, grew up. And here's what's funny is I grew up believing and thinking that everyone that goes to church or that went to church, attended church, that they were all Christians. Mm. Uh, it was not until I was about 13 years old where um, the reality of things begin to be seen. I begin to see things, hear things, watch things, and begin to put things together. And what's pretty amazing to me is that um, those who I would consider Christians, as I grew older and began to recognize things, I began to realize that, man, well, you're not as Christian as you say you are. Mm. And that turned me off, man. That turned me off big time. And I remember at 13 years old, man, I was, um, I was uh, dis- discouraged, disappointed, and I began to be- develop a hatred and a bitterness towards fake Christians. Wow. Um, hated the hypocrite, man. Couldn't stand it. Uh, those who would hurt my dad. You know, you know, my dad being a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor, my uncles are pastors. And the last thing I want to be in my life was a pastor, bro. Mm. Um, and so I said to myself, man, I will never be a pastor because if, if the pastors are treated the way my dad is treated or my grandfather's treated or my grandma's treated, my mom's treated, my uncles are treated, I will never, ever, ever in my life ever do that. Mm. Uh, I, I could not stand the hypocrisy. 
could not stand the fakeness. And some of those that w- were went to church were the same guys I partied with that weekend. And uh, I left the Lord on purpose, age of 13 years old. I left God. Oh, I went to church. I was there. You know, I, I played a certain role in front of my mom and dad so that they would not feel pressured by my rebellion wow. because, of the real, because of the rebellion that they already felt in the church. And the last thing I want to do is, is to do that to them. But in my heart, man, I was already developing a bitterness, a hatred towards, towards, um, towards church. And unfortunately, towards, towards my 17, 18-year-old life, a bitterness towards God. Hmm. And that's what scared me. Um, so, we, so we hear about you know the gifts of the spirit, and maybe that's a little bit too spiritual for some people. But if we're not bearing that fruit, if we're not bearing the you know we're not showing that we have the spirit of the Lord inside of us and showing other people around us, we're actually bearing bad fruit or no fruit at all. So for some of these folks that you watched that kind of turned you off to Christianity, yeah. what were some of the things that we can now learn from yeah. in this size? Like you know what these types of things will turn off those types of people that are looking at you. So they're coming to church with you, but based on your conduct or based on the things that you're doing or not doing, those are turnoffs to the young souls that are that are on fire. Not young at age, but young in the Lord. Yes. They might be young in the Lord, and they're looking at you, and there's certain things that some people will do that turns them off. What are some of those things? How about a fake smile? <laughs> you know, sometimes that fake smile, you, you can just read someone's eyes. The Bible says that, that your eyes are the pathway to your soul. The Bible said to us in Proverbs, man, your countenance shows who you really are. Man, just by looking at the fake smile, man, sometimes you can already tell that that person really does not mean business with you. It can, mm-hmm. be, a, it can be a fake a fake handshake. Those, those little things that we see in a person's life that claim Christianity, sometimes just in, in ignoring have you ever been, ever been in, in a church service where someone just walked by you? They see you. They'll say hi to everyone else around you, but not you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just, it, it just an ignoring. It's, it's those clickish moments where, where they have their group and you're not, you're not allowed in their group. Yeah. You know, when the Bible said the devil comes to, to, to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, it's funny because we do the same thing. And not necessarily that we steal like, by robbing somebody, but we steal and rob people of their joy. And sometimes, man, we can walk into a church, bro, and people could just by looking at them can steal your joy. Boy, man, yeah. you know, you don't know if they're going to be excited. You know, if they're going to be in a mood to serve God or you don't know if they're going to just backlash you. And, you know, when 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 we are when the Bible says you are to um, bear fruit to glorify him, those bearing fruit, man, is important Uh to show that there is a God in heaven, to show and reveal that God is doing something in yeah. your life, that there is truly love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control that is being just moved in your heart and your life and your mind. Um, not everyone who goes to church are going to bear fruit, and not everyone who goes to church are born-again believers. Mm. Sometimes we rather have our name on the roll than our name on the land's book of life. Yikes. And sometimes what winds up happening is we put our name on the roll, so that we can ease our conscience to say, I'm a member of such and such church. Oh, they may be a member, but it doesn't mean they're a disciple. Hmm. They, be, they can be a member, they can show up, but it doesn't mean they love Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they can be a member all they want to, but man, doesn't mean that they and God have a, uh, that they and the Lord have a deep communication and communion together. Because when you and I are in communion with God, you will be in communion, you will be in communion with others. Yeah. So, so how do you take um, that young soul that's bitter, Angry, resentful, walking away from the things of the Lord. How do you come around? Okay, watch this, man. So, so I'm glad that you even asked that because that was my thing. 18 years old, I went to singles camp. That was my last camp that I was going to go to, singles camp. 
And singles can't work, bro, because basically you're a single. You're no longer you're no longer in high school. You're a single. You're going to college. And basically, I went because there are going to be a girls there, and so I went, yeah. I went to go see the girls, <laughs> single girls, right? And uh, but what's funny is um, I remember sitting in that in that outside pavilion where they had the service, and I remember, man, the preacher. I don't remember what he said the whole week, but I remember what he said that brought me to tears. Mm. And he said this. He said, remember this for the rest of your life. He said, people are never worth going to hell over. Mm. And I think when we come to an acknowledgement, how do you overcome that person? Number one, bro, is remember, bro, no one's worth going to hell over. And oftentimes, man, we have given our hearts to those who want to own us. Yeah. We've given our hearts to bitterness, to deception, to discouragement, to disappointment. As opposed to saying, God, you are the changer of my heart. You're the ruler of my life. You're the king of my conscience and my subconscious. You are my master, my ruler, my provider, my protector. But, Lord, what wind up happening in our lives, guys, what we, what we wind up doing is we wind up giving our lives and hearts to other people. And those, those that anger you, they will own you. Mm. And the greatest way of getting out of it is saying, God, may I submit to you and to your will. Man did not die for me. Jesus, you did. Man did not give me a new life. Jesus, you gave me a new life. Man did not raise from the dead. Jesus, you rose from the dead. And man did not come back for me. Jesus is coming back for me. And so when we recognize that my relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in my life and that my communion with him is the most important thing in my life, the closer I am to the Lord, the least affected I am from those who try to destroy me. Hmm. And that's, that's what I would encourage anyone that's out there that may have this same similar situation. You grew up in the church. You left the church because someone hurt you, because someone backstabbed you. Instead of crying, say this, welcome to the life of Jesus. Come on, yeah, man. You know, we said right. that, hey, man, Jesus, I want to be just like you. Okay, well, get ready for the ridicule, man. Uh, Jesus, I want to be holy. Okay, get ready when unholiness steps in front of you. Come on. Jesus, I, man, I, Lord, I just want to give you glory. Okay, give him glory when people backstab you, man, and say bad things about you. Give him glory during that time. See, we <laughs> want to give him glory whenever, like, like, the church is growing. We want to give him glory when, man, our ministries are growing. Mm-hmm. No, no, give him glory, man, when your car breaks down, man. Give him glory when you can't pay the next bill. Give him yeah. glory when you lose your job. Give That's him right. glory when you lose a friend. But, doggone it, give him glory, man. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I think when we come to a point in our lives where we say, God, I'm, I want to be connected with you and you alone. Changes everything, bro. That's when you really know that you're living that scripture that says, oh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yes, yes, that's and right. Be not in your own understanding. I mean, you just, you sacrifice everything. Like, okay, God, it's you. It's all you. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. It's all about you. And always been, right? <laughs> yeah, always that's been right. him, right? Always. That's right. It's just that we right. finally can't recognize it. Absolutely. Know, no, absolutely. So you come back from the singles camp. So, yeah. Life so, has changed. Oh, man. August now. 13th, 1991, a couple of days ago, uh, was my uh, was my 24th year anniversary of being a Christian and a minister of the gospel. Awesome. Let me tell you something. I was 18 years old. I'm 42 years old now. And, uh, man, I've seen the bad. I've seen the good. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Amen. And I've never turned my back on the Lord. Um, and that, man, I, you know, when I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with him. And when he changed me, he changed me radically. Hmm. Uh, that August 13th, 91, on a Tuesday, I gave my life to Jesus. Not only did I, my, did I give my life to Jesus, I did. The very thing I said I'll never do is the thing I became. I said I'll never become a preacher. I became a preacher. Never say never in the kingdom, man. <laughs> right. what, I, what we need to start saying is I'll never go yeah. to Acapulco and do a beach ministry. That's what you need to say, right? Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so, 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 in my, so in my life, man, I, you know, um, that Tuesday changed me forever. And here's what I remember praying. I even, bro, I even remember praying. I said, Lord... If I give my life to you, not only 
as my Savior and Lord. I will also give my life to you in ministry. Mm. And, as I, and if I give my life to you in ministry, then, Lord, you know what? I, I need to get married soon, especially being a minister, man. I, Lord, show me who, show me who I'm going to marry. Mark, no joke. The next day, August 14th of 1991, walking to breakfast in that singles camp, I see this girl walking by, mm. and I said, there is my wife. Wow. Saw her. Here's what's crazy. She was holding hands with somebody else, but I knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> I knew that was my wife. We've been married for 21 years, wow. bro. It's been amazing what God has done. And I, man, I will say this to you, man. The moment you surrender to God, the Bible is so true when the Bible says, for man has planned his steps, but God has ordained his ways. It's yes. complete surrender to his lordship and his saviorhood and saying, God, be my king. Yeah. Changes everything. So, yeah, August 13th, gave my life to Christ. After that singles camp, man, let me tell you something. I never looked back. I've been preaching ever since. Did um, When you come back from that camp, did you have a conversation with your parents? Did they already feel you disconnected? Did they already know, or were you, or were you really putting on a good— No, I put big, on a good show, but they also—see, I, I could not pull the wool over my dad's eyes. Hmm. My dad knew. Uh, he, my dad being a pastor. And here's what's pretty funny is when I called them, I remember calling them from a payphone. If you all remember what payphones are, yeah. uh, it's those little things that, that were up against <laughs> the wall. You put little quarters in there to call right. somebody. Yeah. So I I, I, uh, I called from a payphone. I called my mom, and my dad said, Mom, Dad, I gave my life to Jesus, and, 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 and I surrendered to ministry. I remember my mom was excited. My dad, on the, other, on, the, on the other hand, said something like this. Well, we'll see when you get home. Bye. Mm. It was – and I, I, I thought, why would he do that? But I know now it was not to that he didn't believe me. It was he knew that the moment I get into ministry, I got into ministry, he wanted to make sure this was God's calling and not my emotion. Yeah. Sometimes, man, we will get involved in ministry out of emotion because right. we feel like we owe God back. We don't owe God anything. God mm. has given us everything and every spiritual blessing known to man. We mm. don't owe him anything. Matter of fact, the Bible even says he does not even ask for our applause or for our singing. He's going to have applause and singing anyways wherever he's at. But here's what we got to make sure of is that, look, if we're going to surrender our life to the Lord, that means completely. Right. Even when the cold water is thrown in your back. Now, my parents were excited. They were, they were motivated. And, they were, and, 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 you know, and it's funny because my dad now, he's my pastor. But on paper, I'm his pastor. He's my mm. associate pastor at Mighty Fortress. It's pretty incredible. So I've never done ministry in that sense as pastors with my dad. So it's been pretty neat to see what God has done there. Wow. Um, but, yeah, bro, it, it's um, – um, uh, no, my parents were excited after that. Well, you've been listening to the story of Pastor Sammy Lopez, pastor at uh, Mighty Fortress Christian Fellowship here in San Antonio, located at 4302 Southwest Loop 410. Zip code is 78227. More information online at MightySA.com. That's MightySA.com. And you can always call them at 210-674-5000. Pastor Sammy, so how, um, how, how is it that you finally start walking this road to become a pastor? What, what happens in your life? You know, you know great question. Basically, there are, there are pastors, and then there are guys that have a heart for God. And that's what I had to make sure that I understood. Mm. Do I have a heart for God, or am I truly called by God as a, to be a pastor? Oftentimes, I think one of the biggest things that I've seen as I travel the nation are, the, are young men that said, Man, brother, I have a heart for God. I just don't know where. It's okay. Keep your heart for God. But don't put yourself in a situation that you're not called to do. Because what winds up happening, man, is man, ministry, ministry can destroy you if you yes. let it. Ministry is probably some of the most, um, one of the most loneliest places you can ever be in. Um, I, warfare. Yeah, oh, bro, absolutely. And, 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 and the warfare is not necessarily against me personally. 
The warfare is when it attacks my wife, oh, yeah. my daughter, my household. That's when the war happens. I don't care what people say about me. Man, take a number. I don't yeah. care what people, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I, it doesn't matter what people do to me. Man, take the number. But it's when my wife and my daughter Ooh. are in the middle of the warfare is when you know that Satan is not pulling any punches. I mean, he's going for the, for the juggler, he's going for the throat. Yeah. And so I would encourage anyone that is desiring a call to pastor. Even the Bible says, woe to those who desire to teach, mm-hmm. who desire to preach, because, man, your, your judgment is a lot more harsh, a lot more strict. Mm-hmm. And we got to remember that because every word that comes out of our mouth, we are going to be accountable for, whether it's a good word or whether it's a bad word or it's a word out of context. Mm-hmm. The reality is I am liable for every word that pops out of my mouth. My prayer has always been coming from Samuel, and I love the name Samuel, but Samuel, the Bible says Samuel the prophet, when he would speak, not a word would hit the ground. Mm-hmm. That has been my prayer for my ministry. Lord, when I speak, may a word not come from my flesh or from my own thought. May what I speak not hit the ground. May it penetrate in the heart of man, in the mind of woman, so that lives will change, so that when I get off that stage, no one will ever say, wow, what an amazing man of God. No, they will say, wow, what an awesome God that guy serves. That's my prayer, that every word that comes out of our mouth will not hit the ground, that it is is thoughtful, it is is thought-provoking, it it nourishes, it cleanses, it lifts up, it disciples, it encourages, it exhorts. The Bible says the word of God is you to reprove, exhort, rebuke, you know, restore. I want to make sure that when I do speak this word, that it's, restor- it's restoring the heart of man, that if man's heart needs to be broken, that it's broken, but at the same time mended. If, if man's heart needs to be mended, that God come in in the kindness of his will to come and clean and mend the heart of a man. So that's my prayer, is that anyone who desires to be a pastor, remember this, guys, man, it is, it's not the glamour or the glitz that we see on television. Mm-hmm. It's a very different story Absolutely. altogether. Absolutely. How does the transition happen between you and your dad where you have that swap where he you were at his church yes. and now he's at your church? You know, it's funny because um, he's at my church and, and, and he's now, uh, you know, being an associate pastor. But I ask him every question in the book, man, yeah. because he's still my pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he has he has submitted. And here's what's crazy, bro. He has submitted himself as an under shepherd. Under under the under shepherd, right? I mean, as a, as a pastor under the, under the under shepherd, under me as a lead pastor, that's difficult for me because I'm like, no, 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 don't don't submit under this. No, I no, you're my pastor, but he has taught me, mm. teaching me what it means because one day I'm going to pass the baton to somebody else, yeah, and I'll have to do the same thing. Uh, so it, it no, it's it, it's we work very well together, but at the same time, whenever I see him, my dad travels. He travels around the state, around the nation as well, and he, he speaks and he travels and teaches and preaches and does revivals. And so that, um, so when I do see him, that's how our relationship is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wow. great. Very yeah. cool. Tell us about the culture of uh, of the church for someone that is listening to you and thinking, hey, you know what? I like what this guy's saying. I like what yeah. he's talking about. Um, what is the church like if they were to go out and be with you this weekend? Oh. I mean, well, I tell you what. Look, look. Just a little history of Mighty Fortune. Mighty Fortune was was founded 17 years ago. The pastor prior to me was a very good friend of mine, Jerry Salinas, and Jerry Salinas um, and I we were good confidants, good friends. Unfortunately, several years ago, Jerry passed away. Uh, he he contracted the swine flu, H one N one, and uh, uh, pneumonia and all these other things. And and uh, he, he passed away, went, went to be with the Lord. The last thing I ever thought that I would leave during that time, I was a pastor in Houston. 
And uh, so I came here to San Antonio uh, to do full-time evangelism, became pastor of Mighty Fortress. Wow. Uh, Mighty Fortress has had its changes in, in these past years. I've been here for four years already. And what you will see at Mighty Fortress, it's a very laid-back, come-as-you-are um, kind of congregation. I, will, I rarely wear a suit. If anything, I don't even wear suits. I wear my jeans and my shirt. Too hot to be wearing suits in San Antonio anyways, bro. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so, And it's more than just a suit. It's more than just the apparel. It's what we teach. Yeah. We want to make sure that what we teach is, is biblical. It's context. It's theological. I'm an apologist, so I throw a lot of apologetics in there. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that anyone that goes to Mighty Fortress, when they leave, or if they're a member of Mighty Fortress, that they will be trained to know how to respond to those who ask of them the question, is God real? Mm. I want to make sure that everyone at Mighty Fortress leave that place knowing, number one, God's real. And number two, how to explain that. Because we're living in a culture, bro, that people are wanting to know the answers. They're asking the tough questions. They're asking tough questions. And in order for us as the body of Christ to be good evangelists, we also got to be good apologists yeah. in sharing, defending the faith. I don't have to defend the Scripture. The Scripture will defend itself. Mm-hmm. It's still the number one bestseller of all time, yep. the number one downloaded app in all Android and iPhone. So the Scripture will defend itself. been doing that for centuries, but we do defend the faith, and we defend that Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that the Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus Christ would, had died, he was buried, he rose from the grave, and one day Jesus Christ is coming back. And we, we claim that with no with no apologies. That's right. And so that's one of the things that we want to make sure that this that our church knows is that we want to we want to infiltrate, we want to impact our culture. The culture on the inside of the church and the culture outside the church. Uh, because sometimes unfortunately there's no difference between culture outside and inside. That's right. Unfortunately, you're right. Um you are um you're also associated with another ministry called yes. I Am Second. Yes, uh, I Am tell Second. Tell us about that. Man, I Am Second's great, man. I've been with them for about three years. I am. Uh, I was an ambassador for I Am Second. Now I'm their national speaker. I travel on their behalf, travel nationally, talk about the I Am Second story. Basically, everyone has a story, and everyone has an amazing story mm-hmm. And uh, as to how we came to know Christ and what Christ did in our lives. But to promote the bigger story and the greater story that Jesus Christ loved us so much uh, that he gave of his life for us, shed his blood for us so that we may have the forgiveness of sins and to be called the righteousness of God. Right. And so uh, for I Am Second, uh, if you go to IamSecond.com, check it out. Hear all these stories and these testimonies of actors, actresses, athletes, politicians, pastors who came to know Christ and hear the story. What what was one, what was once made for turmoil, Christ turned it for a testimony, right? Uh, great stuff. I've been with him for about three years, loving it, man. Just proclaiming the, the second story that God is first, I am second. And, uh, man, it's been good, man. That's I'm enjoying awesome. it, yeah. That's awesome. And I know that you are also very community involved. I've been in one of your marches this past year. We're yes. marched downtown, down to the Alamo, I think it was. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Is that. What other type of community things do you do? Yes, it's called God Belongs in My City. God Belongs in My City is a, is a, is, it's a worldwide movement. Uh, matter of fact, people all over the world now are marching and praying for spiritual awakening and revival in their cities or in their land and countries. Uh, right now, they had one in Africa. They have one in Russia. We will have ours October the 24th. Uh, we will be same place, Milan Park. We're going to walk to Travis Park praying for revival, praying that God would move mightily uh, in the city of San Antonio. We have a lot to pray for. So this is not a protest against anything. No, no, not this at all. This is just not... a proclamation that God belongs in this city. Absolutely. It's funny because when, when, when news media comes around, they automatically think it's a protest. Yeah. No, we're not protesting anything. No, we're just saying the body of Christ is coming together, and we're praying for revival, man. We're praying for spiritual awakening. We need the body of Christ, the church the blood-bought church to come together and yeah. pray because the greatest power and the greatest weapon that we have as a church 
It's prayer, man. Yeah. Because prayer precedes revival. We're not protesting. We're proclaiming. No. Procla- Amen, bro. Absolutely right. <laughs> proclaiming the goodness of God. That's good. Well, Pastor, I want you to uh, just give a shout out to folks out in the city and invite them to your church to come out and be with you. Yeah, tell, I, us, tell us exactly where it's at, how to get to it. Absolutely. I want to invite every single one of you that is looking for a church, may have the same testimony as I have, been in the church, been turned off by the church. Man, come and be a part of a group, a big group of turnoffs, man. We, we, we've all been turned off, man. Uh, you know, if you feel hypocritical, well, come to, come to Hypocrite Mighty Fortress. Man, I tell you what, man, no one is perfect, but we have a perfect God, and we're going to learn how to be perfect in Him. Uh, 4302, 4302 Southwest Loop 410. Uh, that is actually um, it's 410 Exit Valley High Lackland. Make that U-turn. There are about five churches. We are the smallest building in the middle between St. Um, St. Uh, Vincent uh, de Paul and Life Church Assembly of God. We're right there in the middle. Uh, come by, check us out. We have two services, 930 in the morning or 11 o'clock. And, of course, now that football season's on, you want to maybe want to come to 9.30? <laughs> so yeah. you get that 11 o'clock thing going, man. Right. Especially the Cowboys will be playing, bro. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, come by, check us out, or go to MightySA.com. Uh, on MightySA, we have a media, a media tab there. Check out all of our sermons. Uh, be blessed by that. And if there's anything that we can do for you, don't hesitate. Let us know. Uh, we're here to serve. Pastor, in this last minute we have together, what type of legacy do you want to leave behind? If the Lord takes you tomorrow, Yes. What do you want people to say about you? I want them to say that Sammy Lopez was a man that loved God, that loved his wife, that loved his daughter, and he did everything he could to make sure that the people of God understood who lived inside of them, the power of the Holy Spirit that lived inside of them, the same Spirit that rolled Jesus from the dead, that they understood that from my mouth that they heard that the Spirit of God lives in them and they can have resurrection power just as I do. Everyone has that. And so, man, if I would die today, get hit by the 18-wheeler or get stung by a bee or whatever, man, um, <laughs> I want them to know that, you know what, man, he loved God with all he had. And, uh, and I want to make sure that when I do pass the church, that I pass it with the right end, not burning anybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. It's an honor. You. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. My name is Mark Longoria. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.